O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen in the sanctuary. Amen. Thank you. Verse 3, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee, thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee, Thy right hand upholdeth me, but those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword, they shall be a portion for foxes, but the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory, but the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. As you can see, we want to ask the question this morning about an acquaintance or a relationship. Psalm 63 is what they call a devotional psalm. And it's said that David wrote this when he was hiding in the wilderness, when he was fleeing from Saul. In fact, it tells us that in in, uh, 1 Samuel 23 and 15. He saw that Saul had come out to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a wood. And when you read this psalm, and you also think of Paul's epistles, Paul's letters to the churches, These were penned during a time of persecution. David was hiding for his life from Saul. Paul was being persecuted in prison, being beaten, uh, had to be snuck out of a city. And you know something? They wrote these letters during this time of persecution. And you know, in fact, some of David's most beautiful psalms were, were penned when he was in the wilderness, fleeing either from Absalom or from Saul or from some of his enemies. And when you read it, it it does show you that David did have a relationship. Because when you read the words that he says, you see the peace, the strength in his heart, which we'll look at shortly. We will see just how, when you get a compass, how the needle will, or the magnetic needle will always point towards the north. So David, in these times of trouble, Paul and the other men of God, in times of persecution, they just immediately turned to God, their minds automatically, their minds instinctively turned to the Lord. But you know, David did not have an acquaintance with God. An acquaintance means a knowledge or experience of something, similar familiarity or contact. It means a slight knowledge or friendship with someone as in a social contact. You know, a person one knows slightly, but who is not a close friend. You know, as a teenager, I remember standing, a corner boy, we about a dozen of us every night, standing, talking. And in that little crowd, three or four of them were really good friends, but the rest of them were acquaintances. You know, the three or four good friends, I was in their house, they were in my house, my parents knew them, their parents knew me, but the rest of them, they were acquaintances, they knew nothing really about me. Knew who I was and things, but it was only an acquaintance. But you see, for David, He had a relationship, which is much deeper than an acquaintance. Relationship is the way in which two or more people or things are connected or the state of being connected. The state of being connected by blood or marriage. The way in which two or more people or groups regard and behave towards each other. 
And you know, in the world today, there are many people acquainted with Jesus. They know of him. They maybe even go to his house and sing a few hymns. But they're only acquainted with him because they don't know him. But there are more who have a relationship with Jesus. And that's what should be sought for each and every individual. You see, David, as we read at the table, he had a personal relationship. He said, O God, thou art my God. And as I said at the table, he wasn't saying that God belonged to him. Rather, he belonged to God. And this was an assurance for him when his life was being sought. And you can see, you know, you've heard me talk about parallel Psalms, and this is one of them. And you can see how David's encouraging himself by reminding himself, I belong to God. Saul can do what he wants, but I belong to God. My enemies can come against me, but I belong to God. That's an assurance that God's watching over him. And that can only come through a personal relationship. He said, early will I seek thee. He uses, when using the word God there, my God, it's the word El, and it means the strong one. And David is looking to him whose strength is above the strength of his enemies. And he is his God. In times of weakness, in times of distress, in times of exhaustion, like the proverbial mind that David turned to God. <clears throat> Others go to different places looking for help. Speaks of that in Isaiah 8. It says, when they shall say unto thee, seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep and that mutter, should not a people seek unto their God? Should not a people seek unto their God? We should, if we have a relationship with God, be seeking God. Because David said, my God, early will I seek thee. Now, okay, you can't say early in the morning when he gets up out of bed or he's just rising from bed. But I also think this means early, immediately, when a situation came against him, he turned to God. That's what I think he means really here by early, not by the clock, but early in the situation. And as many times, it's the last thing we do in a situation is we turn to God. But David said, early, I will <coughs> seek God. The environment where David was was a dry and thirsty land, and he longed for God. And he used this to illustrate how he longed for God. You all know that beautiful psalm, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after thee. And again, this is an illustration of the, this deer, this heart being in the desert and needing water because their life depended on it. And that's the, the longing that was in David's soul. With this personal relationship, he longed to be with God. He was thirsty for living water. And this tells us, that, therefore, that David had a dependent relationship. He wanted to see God's power and glory just as he had witnessed it in the house of the Lord. He had experienced the presence of the Lord in the house of the Lord and this is what he longed for. He remembered how in the house of the Lord the presence of the Lord made him joyful. He remembered Psalm 16 and 11. He said, in thy presence is fullness of joy. He remembered the protection of the Lord Psalm 31 and 20, thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence. David could rejoice in the house of the Lord because the presence of the Lord was there. Psalm 68 says, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him 
As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. David rejoiced in the house of the Lord. I could just see him on his way into the house of the Lord. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will come into his courts with praise. Do we do that, church? Were you doing that on the way to church this morning? Or were the children in the back of the car and you're having a wee fight? What was your attitude walking in here this morning? Did you come in rejoicing in the house of the Lord? David uh, it was quoted this morning. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. David knew that he was hidden in God's presence. And when he's in God's presence, nothing can harm him. They can plan against him. They can scheme against him. But nothing can harm him because he can claim he is my God. He watches over me. It was a dependence on God. Because you know, in the house of the Lord, what David seen was he seen the weary strengthened. He witnessed this in the house of the Lord. And we have witnessed this, brothers and sisters. We have witnessed the broken hearts being healed in the house of the Lord. We have witnessed people rejoice as they worship the Lord. In the direst of situations, people are able to rejoice in the house of the Lord. Receive guidance and direction in the house of the Lord. Of the Lord. And what is needed today, as David needed back then, he wanted to see his glory and his power. Paul wanted that. He says, I come to you not with enticing words, but with a power of the Holy Ghost, the demonstration of the power of God. This was the longing. And I asked myself, and I wonder you ask yourself, have I that longing to be in God's presence? David had a trusting relationship. I believe David began to feel God's presence as he worshipped him. He said, his anger endureth but for a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure, may endure, sorry, for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Psalm 126 and 5. Because of his personal relationship, David knew that the Lord would turn his life around. In God's will and in God's plan, things would change. And because David had this trusting relationship, he knew that God knew what was best for him. And we've got to accept that, church. There's things we want to do in life, but God knows they're not for us. I remember applying for a job in the last job I was in, and I thought it'd be great. I'd have the weekends off. I'd be able to come to church, because back then, I was working 16, 17-hour shifts, and I didn't get it. And I prayed and I fasted and I didn't get it. But later on, I went into another uh, role within the, the last job I was in. And it was even far better than the one that I had applied for. But that's trusting God. God knows what's right for us. David knew God knows what's right for him. And David knew this trusting relationship he had with God. He knew that at the moment he could t have tears in his eyes, but they would turn to joy. He knew that at the moment he could mourn, but the joy would come in the morning and God would turn his mourning into, into singing. You know, in, the, in this closeness with God, David and us can have abundant blessings and provisions which are worth more than all the riches of this world. They're worth more than all the riches of this world. Because he knew that when we trust the Lord, our enemies will not triumph over us. Feeling the presence of God and the blessings that he bestowed, David broke into praise. 
Verses three and four, he said, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee, thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. And so we see David, the relationship he had with God was a praising relationship. In thy presence is fullness of joy that thy right hand pleasures forevermore. David showed us that we can enjoy our relationship with God. You know, it's okay to be happy. The Bible doesn't say, I was sad when they said unto me, let us go. He said, I was glad when they said unto me. In his presence is fullness of joy. And I just thought about how David worshipped. In verse uh, two, it wasn't, it wasn't just lip service. In verse two, it says, with his eyes, he beheld God and worshiped God. Verse three, with his lips, he sang the praise of God. And verse four talks about how he raised his hands unto the Lord with great joy. He talks about in his soul and his mind, verse five and six. And it reminded me of a modern translation of a psalm I once read. And it says, may every fiber of my being be united in your praise. May every fiber of my being, our eyes, our lips, our hands, our soul, our mind, every part of it. Church, I'm reading a book at the moment. And it's a, it's a comparison of individualism and collectivism. And it's really made me look at some portions of Scripture in a completely different way. And thinking of that, may every fiber of my being be united in, in your praise. I thought about the body of Christ. You see, we take that as an individual. But if we are the body of Christ. And think about may every fiber, every being in the body of Christ be united in praise. I think it makes that verse even more beautiful because it's when we all come together, we're united in praise. The, the body of Christ, you know, back then in society when uh, David wrote this psalm, in fact, throughout the Bible, they have a, a collectivism culture and everybody matters. They all work together. The Bible speaks about unity of God's people all through the, the Old and the New Testament. And whenever you think of that, the body of Christ coming together to worship the Lord. As an individual, we, came, we can come. But you know, as a body, we can come together to worship the Lord. As a body, we should be forward in our praise. Not waiting till someone else starts it, but be forward in our praise. As a body of Christ, we should be often in our praise. As a body of Christ, we should be united in our praise. And be totally in praise together in unity, worshiping the Lord. You know, if we worship the Lord with all our heart, body, and soul, like David, we can enjoy this wonderful relationship we have with God, this praising relationship. And it was indeed a joyful relationship. Because <clears throat> just as the body would be satisfied with marrow and fatness, <clears throat> David's soul would sing out, he'd be satisfied with the, the bread of life as he praised the Lord with joyful lips. The Lord was the only and eager desire for his soul, and he trusted God, and he was joyful in the Lord. His true place, God's true place in our lives is the whole rightful confidence of man. Whenever we have God's true place in our lives, we can be confident that God is watching over us. David's trusting relationship, he knew he had no need to worry, no need to fear, 
David was now stress-free. When you're hiding in a desert, in a cave, and someone, a king is trying to kill you, and his top soldiers, his SWAT team, if you want to call them that, they're looking for you to kill you. There's David sitting there with no stress. Why? Psalm 118, verse 4. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. The joy of the Lord was David's strength. The joy of the Lord was the lifter of his head. You know, you can buy, uh, just watching a program last night, I don't know if any of you have seen it, uh, it's talking about these self-help books. Uh, and this girl, I'm not going to go into it in big detail, but she was into yoga in a big way, but she began to realize there the, were the demons behind yoga. I mean, this girl was one of the top yoga instructors and there were about aliens and everything they were going on about. But she talked about people buying these self-help books, you know, to, to try and change their lives. But you know something? David didn't need a self-help book because God was the lifter of his head. When David worshipped God, he didn't need someone to tell him he's a good person. He didn't need someone to give him a wee hug. He just needed to lift his hands and praise to Nothing wrong with that. Somebody giving you a wee hug to make you feel better. But David needed a hug from the Lord. He needed to worship God and God lifted his head. God was his strength and God was his joy. But this is only possible when you have a close relationship. Again, he was evermost, God was evermost in David's mind. Again, we talk, you've heard me talk many times about parallel psalms. Listen to Psalm uh, 10. Verse four says, the wicked through, his pride, through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. But then we see the parallel when we go down to six and seven. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. That's a wonderful statement. Thou hast been my help. We can all say that, church. We can all look back in our lives and say, thou hast been my help. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves when we're a bit stressed out and suffering a bit of anxiety, we just think and say, Lord, thou has been my help. Yeah, you have seen me through so much in the past. You're going to see me through this and you will be the lifter of my head. Early, not 9 a.m. or 4 a.m. in the morning, Early will I seek thee. The minute something comes against me, that's early. I will turn to the Lord. David had this deep longing experience of the presence of the Lord. He said, and we all know this one, Psalm 84 and 10, a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Why? A day in thy courts is better than a thousand. You know, we rob ourselves when we look out the window and see it's raining and say, I'm not going to church today. I thank God for the internet. I think it's fantastic that people can watch our service so you can't get to church. But you know, it's a woeful excuse when you can't get out of bed so you can watch it on the internet. If we are fit enough to be in the house of the Lord, we should be in the house of the Lord, worshiping his precious and wonderful name. A day in thy courts is better than a thousand. You cannot sing that chorus, that hymn, in the house, sitting with a cup of coffee and your slippers and your pajamas on, when you could be in here with your brothers and sisters, the body of Christ, united in praise to God. I know people can't come. I totally understand that through illness. Totally understand that and pray for them. But you know something? There are those that could be here, but they won't. And they could not say, Lord, a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. David meditated on the blessings of God. When troubles and trials disturbed him in the night hours, he thought of God's goodness. 
You know something? This is the best sleeping pill you could ever take to know that God's with you and know that peace in your heart. And sleeping pills may be addictive, but the presence of the Lord is even more addictive. And you will find God's peace when you look for him. You know, David, uh, when you think about God's protection, if you read uh, Exodus 19.4, Deuteronomy 32.11, he speaks of how a young eagle finds protection, comfort, warmth, love under its mother's wings. Or even uh, from uh, Exodus, it refers to the cherubim, which are stretched, whose wings are stretched out over the ark of the Lord, between which the presence of God dwelt. We can rejoice in the shadow of God's wings. We can rejoice this morning in the shadow of God's wings. And you know why David was stress-free, anxiety-free? I'm sure he had his moments, but when he praised God, these all went. But they were able to go because of this. David had a believing relationship. He had a believing relationship. I got a believing relationship this morning with God. You see, in a relationship, you know each other. You know how good they are. You know how strong they are. And yet David, in this believing relationship, just totally and absolutely believed in God. He spoke of how his enemies wanted to prevent him from becoming king. How they hated him for his wisdom, for his usefulness. How they hated him for God's blessing in his life. Excuse me. You know, when God blesses you in your life, not everybody's going to rejoice. And they didn't rejoice as God blessed David. He knew, as I've said, God will fill his plan in his life. And this belief that he had in God, it motivated him. <clears throat> but it motivated him, motivated him not to call for vengeance. He didn't want the people that didn't like him to be destroyed. He knew that God destroys evil and upholds righteousness. He knew that God's eyes are too pure to look upon evil. They cannot even countenance evil. He wasn't the kind of man he wanted to gloat over evil men perishing. He could have taken, we know, in Saul's life in the cave, but he didn't. He despised their wrongdoings, but he believed that vengeance was God's and God's alone. And he just left it with the Lord. He accepted God's judgment and evil. He testified in verse 11, everyone that sweareth by him shall glory, but the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. He knew that God's eyes are upon the righteous and the unrighteous. God knew, God told his servant and, and the king thought he had a spy in the camp for even the very thoughts he had on his bed at night. God, the prophet was able to tell the king, God knows what's going on. And we need, as David did, a relationship with the Lord, which is a believing relationship that God is watching over us. God knows what our enemies out in the world are doing, even before they think about doing it. And we've just got to trust him. And instead of praying for the, the thunder and the lightning to come down and strike them, pray for them, that God would open their eyes and they would turn to him. So it's important this morning, church, and read Psalm 63 when you go home yourself with this understanding and this question, which you can ask yourself, have I just an acquaintance with the Lord or have I a relationship with the Lord? Have I a dependent relationship? A dependent relationship is totally dependent on someone. It doesn't mean you sit back in the sofa and say, it's God's going to sort it out. 
but you're dependent on the fact that he'll put the right people in the right place. He'll open the right door. He'll close the wrong door. He'll look after you if you're dependent on him. His presence can bring us through. And this comes from a trusting relationship. Do you trust God? Do you trust the Lord this morning, honestly, that his mercy and his loving kindness shall sustain you? Do you have a praising relationship with the Lord? Do you have a praising relationship with the Lord? When we turn off our thoughts and concentrate on him, everything else just fades into insignificance. Let our praise be addressed to the Lord. It's one of the things that I do, church, and there's many nights I wake up and Jean's there as a witness, four or five o'clock in the morning, and I can't switch the brain off. <laughs> and do you know how I get back to sleep? If I do manage to get back to sleep, I quote the Psalms and I pray. And I just empty my head of everything and just pray and praise and quote the Psalms and the prophets. And you know something, a peace does come upon you. So we should joy in God because he is our God. We should joy in who God is. The creator of the universe has chosen you to be his child. You belong to God. You belong to God. You know, if the, I was going to say the queen, if King Charles was here, and brought you out to the front and said, this is one of my people. We'd be greatly honored. Well, I'd be greatly honored. But the king of all kings is saying that he is our God and we belong to him. Let us exalt his name. Let us have this joyful relationship. God wants you to joy your salvation. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. It's a joyful thing. When the whole body of Christ praises God, troubled souls, troubled hearts will find peace, will find satisfaction. We shall experience a unique joy which the world cannot give us, a renewed joy. We need a close relationship. When you love something or, some, or, or, or better, someone, they're the topic of your conversation. When Jean met me, she couldn't shut up about me. She couldn't stop talking about me. Run me down. <laughs> but our conversation, do you talk to people about the Lord? You know, I don't know, it makes me feel good when I had that chance to just tell someone about the Lord. I was in a coffee shop, was to pick up one of the grandchildren, and where the school is, if you're not there an hour early, you don't get parked. So I parked and went to a coffee shop and had a, was reading that book, actually, it was telling me about collectivism or individualism. And one of the waiters says, oh, is that a Christian book? And away I went, hallelujah. And we had a great time talking about the Lord. It's good. It should be the topic of your every conversation. Your every thought. Your greatest desire is to please the Lord. And you need that through a close relationship. A believing relationship. You know, our brother spoke about it the other week about, do you believe when you come forward? Because as an elder, as a pastor, as the oversight, I won't pray with you if I don't believe God can't heal you. Because I wouldn't insult you, and even more, I wouldn't insult God. I believe God can heal. And healing comes in different forms. Healing can, I believe, come in the ability to deal with your illness. Have you a believing relationship? I believe God can lead us, guide us, keep us, 
And I believe that no matter what happens, God is in control. I believe that no matter what happens to this church, God is in control. And he will work out his will and his plan. The road ahead might look blocked, long, steep, and hard to travel. Remember looking up, having walked for about two hours up Sleeve Donner, and then looking at that last bit from, what is it called? The last bit where you get to the peak, and thinking, I'm not going up there, it's too hard. My feet are killing me. But I've done it. And you know something? We look at the situations in front of us, and they're just like that rocky path that you have to go up. But you know God will bring you up if you just trust in him, if you look to him. And again, most importantly of all, as I close, everyone needs a personal relationship with the Lord. And how do you achieve this personal relationship with the Lord? You don't. He did it by dying on the cross for your sins. You know, when the Lord comes back in glory, it's not gonna be enough to be acquainted with him. You need that relationship. You need to be able to say, I belong to the Lord because I have surrendered my life to the Lord. I have repented. I didn't just put my hand up in the church service. I repented from my sins and turned to the Lord Jesus Christ as my God and my Savior. And our prayer in this church, if you're here this morning, and I've never done that, that you make that your commitment this morning. Have you an acquaintance with the Lord? Or have you in a personal relationship? Or again, we pray that it is indeed as a musician, Peter and Lorraine come back. We pray that you do indeed have this personal relationship with the Lord. Let's stand together. Thank you for your attention this morning. We're just going to enter our closing worship.